Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. You know, we haven't heard from our producer in a while, but we did hear from a longtime listener, John, who sent us in an email and one of his topics that he talked about in his email was Max Payne. So that's going to be what the episode's about. So I wanted to thank John at the top. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. John at the top. That sounds like John is our boss. Like it goes like producer Doug and then John, but John is the man at the top. He's the like hyper producer. Executive producer? Executive producers, at least for movies, are just people that write checks. So what you're saying is John's got to write us a check. That's right. John... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks for emailing us now you owe us money <laughs> if so if we opened up a patreon or a ko-fi would all those people who paid us monthly be executive producers oh we can do that now i producer doug is extremely frugal and doesn't spend money on anything well that's why he's just a regular producer i thought he was just a regular producer because he stood in the glass room and screamed at us well that too but like regular producers don't write checks regular producers do their job well no no just hear me out what if okay. we opened up a ko-fi and regular producer doug contributed to the ko-fi would Ah. he become a super executive producer no he would be executive producer producer doug he's producer all the way down he'd be producer all the way down but anyway enough about that zach yes seth actually i'm gonna go first you go first what have you been playing recently uh, I've been playing Bioshock 2, Ooh. which came out in 2010, developed by 2K Marin, where he plays a big daddy, who I think your name is John, but I think it's Johnny Topsider. Well, his name is Delta <laughs> in the game. His real name before he became Delta was Johnny Topsider. And I just thought that was funny because you mentioned John at the top. So that Johnny I'm, Topside. Not top Johnny side. Topside. Well, close enough. So you play as Johnny Topside, who uh, goes deep sea diving, and you you find Rapture, and then uh, you go in and you you're celebrated as a hero, and then you get thrown into prison and turned into a big daddy because that's what life in Rapture is all about. And you you're codenamed Delta, and you're codenamed Delta because you are one of the you're the the fourth iteration of this uh, experiment where they are trying to bond the big daddies to uh, little sisters, and you were the first one that was successful so you uh you play as uh, delta and you're looking for your little sister because she's missing so you spend a majority and by the majority i mean uh you spend pretty much 80 percent of the game trying to find your little sister and 20 percent of it finishing the game out it's it's cool i actually so i started playing the game oh, a while ago and somebody said that it ran really well on a steam deck so i was like well, check it out. I've been meaning to kind of wrap it up because I was like saved at like 30% in and really wanted to finish it because I'm, I really want to play the Burial at Sea DLC for Bioshock Infinite, but I don't want to play that until I beat all of Bioshock Rapture games because I, I want to be able to see all the people that I like. I want to recognize Gil Alexander and whatever from Bioshock 2 I'll be like oh you turn into a giant slug so yeah so it was it's a fun game where you take on the perspective of a big daddy which is different uh than the previous game where you play as Jack who is a human who is not a big daddy and you get to play from the perspective and you get to use the drill which is kind of cool and you get to uh play through the game it actually when I think it came out I don't think it came out with a lot of fanfare because it was 
new and it was nice, but it was not different enough. So people were like a little pissed off about that. For what it's worth, it's a it's a solid game. I recommend it. If you're into the Bioshock and you've never played Bioshock 2, give it a play. It, there's something about just using your drill and just drilling people. And then you get all your plasmids. And by the end of the game, I was just Emperor palpatine it by the end of the game because uh, the third electric shock allowed you to do a continuous electricity bolt where you just drained yeah. your Eve. So by the end of the game, I just like would drain my electricity bolt so that I would hold them in a constant state of getting electrocuted and just unload with my shotgun. And it was a pretty effective style. Also, I had a lot of little flying robots protect me. Yeah, I played through Bioshock 2. I wasn't originally a fan of it, but then I actually like sat down and played through all the Bioshock games and Bioshock 2 included, and I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it when I first played it, which was like back around the time it came out, I think. But yeah, I, I do like Bioshock 2. It's a good game. It's still very Bioshocky. You're able to go out into the water because you're a big daddy, which is cool. Like there's that's significantly more of a mechanic than in the first because in the first game you briefly go into the water but i believe it's a cutscene. yeah it's like a cutscene that plays out but in this one it's actually like a thing you yeah do. You, you just walk around in it so it's fun the perspective is like tunnel visioned a little bit because you're always wearing your big daddy suit so i always thought that was fun yeah yeah i think you can just disable that if that bothers you <laughs> but i know I, I i liked it it's fun and now i'm playing uh i just started playing the dlc minerva's den where you play as another big daddy um except this time you play as sigma and you have to go figure out something to do with computers and that's all i know yeah i'm trying to remember if i beat minerva's den that's the one yeah you have to go to like the security computer it's a lot of hacking and computers is what i was told you're trying to go up against the person who invented the automated control like the security stuff so that's what i'm doing now and then i'll be able to go and play i don't think i've I have not beaten Bioshock Infinite. I think I, I would get to beat the... Bioshock Infinite first before you play Burial at Sea. Oh, I know I will. I haven't beaten it though. So I haven't beaten Bioshock Infinite. I got into I've I think I've always gotten to the same point where I've been like, hmm, maybe I should go play Bioshock 2. And then I go back to play Bioshock 2 and then I don't finish it. But now I've beaten Bioshock 2. So I'll beat Benerva's Dead yeah. and then I'll finally feel comfortable playing Bioshock Infinite. I'll finally be- beat Bioshock Infinite and uh then I'll play the uh the additional DLCs, which I've been looking forward to burial at sea is more of a bioshock infinite follow-up than it is a bioshock one and two follow-up sure yeah 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 because you you get plot wise there's a big reveal at the end of part one that like (laughs) i don't want to give anything away because you need to play bioshock infinite first yeah 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 which i will i won't play burial at sea until i beat bioshock infinite so i'll also probably play bioshock infinite on my steam deck and i'll finally finish it off which will feel i'll feel good and maybe by the time that i finish it there'll be a new bioshock game because it's maybe it's on its way i think they did make some announcements that it will not be in water or land or air so it's gonna be on land It could be on. I hope it's underground. It's, just, it's, it's like just the city. mole people. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I would say they could do space, but that's prey. So yeah, Bioshock Two. A lot of fun times. Yeah, I like the twists in Bioshock. I'm really big into the like the lore of Bioshock, and maybe we'll maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about the weird people that live in Bioshock. Yeah, we can do a lore of Bioshock. There's some. Just do a whole thing on Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan, Sanders Cohen, Gil Alexander. Um, what is his name? Yi Shoshun. Oh, Shoshun. Yeah. They the the inventor, the original inventor of the Big Daddy and the founder of Adam. Anyway, Zach, what have you been recently been playing? 
I have been playing Call of Duty World War II, the 2017 game by Sledgehammer Games. Um, I started playing this because Seth gave me access to his Steam library, which gives me access to about 500 plus games that I didn't have access to before. Oh, well, I did, but that's a different story. <laughs> like we had, I had connection to your library and then it got disconnected and now it's back. We both switched computers, which messes yeah, up yeah, connections. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I'm going to play Call of Duty World War II because I like playing the campaigns of Call of Duty games. I don't play a lot of the multiplayer of Call of Duty games. I just like playing the campaigns, you know, because I get kind of the experience that I want to get out of the Call of Duty games. And then I get kind of a schlocky action story. The stories are never riveting. So it's always wow, like... Wow, excuse me? The original Call of Duty and the expansion pack were probably the best story ever. What I mean is if I want a game that requires some thinking when it comes to the lore i'll play bioshock if i want a game where i can shoot shoot nazis i'm gonna play call of duty or like wolfenstein but in any case i was playing call of duty world war ii and i thought it was for the first time however after about the third or fourth mission i realized i've already played this game and i've already beaten it i just completely forgot that i played it uh so that's how memorable it was at one point there was like a cutscene that was happening and i was like i remember this cutscene and i was like why do i remember this cutscene?" and i had to look and yeah no i've played the game before overall all it's it's okay it's a kind of a forgettable campaign I, I prefer the other world war ii era call of duty games specifically the original run and then world at war i actually really liked i thought world at war was a pretty solid campaign this one i thought kind of felt like a best of the <laughs> original games but with like a fresh coat of paint they literally it's like one of the missions is the same as a mission from the first game which is the storming of normandy which i know like every world war ii game has to do yeah but you can only relive the opening scene from saving private ryan so many times it's true you should put on saving private ryan and then boot up the call of duty the original one and this one on two different computers and play through as much normandy as possible maybe find a medal of honor game that does it too just have four screens of invading of normandy and then i'll play the multiple times that the battle of stalingrad has been introduced overall call of duty world war ii is an okay game uh, a little bit forgettable uh for the fact that i forgot it and uh i was kind of hoping for something new alas i did not get something new so i don't know if i'm, I'm probably not going to continue playing it i think i already deleted it from my computer uh so <laughs> you deleted <laughs> like, it from the internet it's just like it's out of here who knows maybe i'll play world at war again anyway today's episode we're going to talk all about Max Payne, as we alluded to a few times. Max Payne is a great game. It's a game that I think I originally played via my friend's Xbox. Original Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Pretty I... sure... One of my friends had it on the original Xbox. I had I had it. You had it you on PC, right? I did. I had it on PC. I do not believe that I owned it on PC. So I don't know if I was allowed, because when it came out, I would not have been allowed to buy it. But yeah, uh, I definitely played Max Payne. I, I think I own it now, legitimately. In any case, Max Payne was developed by Remedy Entertainment. Remedy was a company that got their start in 1995 in Espoo, Finland. The company was founded by various different demo scene members who were inspired by Bloodhouse and Terramarki, which was the first Finnish commercial game developer. The company was founded by Sumuli Saivahoko, Marcus Mackey, Sami Nopanen, John Kavalev, 
and Sammy Van Haltolo. I see why you took this part. That was the best I could do at Finnish names. They set up shop originally as the first offices of Remedy Entertainment in Samuli's parents' basement and began to work uh, on their first game, which they called High Speed, uh, which was going to be a racing game. Around this time, they managed to get in touch with Scott Miller, the owner of Apogee, and pitched the game to him. And he proposed the idea of adding combat into the game. So they did. And they created Death Rally, which was eventually released by Apogee Software in 1996. Yeah, I think we actually mentioned Death Rally in a previous episode. I think, yeah, we definitely have. Now, during development for Death Rally, they wanted to bring on a voice actor for the game. So they hired Sammy Antero Jarvi, who is better known now by his pen name, Sam Lake, to do some voice acting in the game. Sam would remain employed at Remedy and became their creative director. Now, Remedy did run into some early legal issues, specifically in 1998, when they received a cease and desist from LucasArts, who claimed that they had stolen the top part of LucasArts' logo for their logo. However, Remedy was already in the process of redesigning their logo, and they just unveiled their new logo in 1999, which looked less like stolen LucasArts artwork and more like the letter R with a bullet in the center. So, like, the LucasArts logo is a guy with his arms up, and it has, like, a sun, like, stretchy thing. The old Remedy logo is the R part looks like the guy doing the stretchy arm thing. So LucasArts was claiming copyright over people putting their hands up in the air? And like a sun artwork. If you look at them, they are very similar, in all fairness. Yeah, and then Remedy was like, nope, now it's just an arm with a bullet. Because they were releasing a game called Death Rally, so they thought it would be more appropriate. <laughs> so Death Rally scored fairly well, receiving a 8.5 out of 10 from GameSpot. After the game was released, Remedy got to work on their next game. They pitched the idea of a space shooter similar to Descent, and they pitched a racing game and they pitched an isometric shooter. The isometric shooter was called Dark Justice and was ultimately the idea that Miller chose to fund. Miller had some conditions though. Specifically, he wanted to have a game that had a strong protagonist similar to Duke Nukem. He wanted the game to utilize 3D graphics and he didn't want the game to be called Dark Justice. He thought the name was bad and was too quote-unquote adult. The team came up with a few different ideas for a name, including not Dark Justice... but Dick Justice and Max Heat. Now, so Max Heat, which was that just when you turn the thermostat all the way up? (laughs) I guess so. That was popular enough that they trademarked the name, but ultimately they changed it to Max Payne, and Payne is spelled with a Y, so P-A-Y-N-E, which is humorous because I don't know if we mentioned this, but if you play in the Max Payne game, he takes a lot of painkillers. He does, yeah, that's like a reoccurring it's, thing. It's, well, it's it's your health restorer is painkillers. Both the name Dick Justice and Max Heat would be mentioned in Max Payne 2, one being a TV show and the other being a porn film, and you could decide which is which. Spoiler alert, Dick Justice is not the porn. You know, it'd be cool because Max Payne's like this ex-cop guy. He's like, you know, like this like washed up. You know how they did like Half-Life and then Barney? They should have done Max Payne and then Max Heat and had like a simultaneous story where you play as this like straight edge cop who's just like trying to keep track of his buddy who's like off the deep end. Or better yet, 
you play as Max He, who is the porn actor looking to be in a Max Payne porn parody, but <laughs> needs to follow Max Payne around to learn the role, and you get caught up in action sequences. The game took inspiration from their recently released movie The Matrix, which came out in 1999, and various Hong Kong action films, especially the films by director John Woo, such as Hard Boiled, The Killer, A Better Tomorrow. And taking inspiration from these, they included things like bullet time, slow motion, and akimbo weapons, so Max could dual-wield pistols or dual-wield SMGs. Which I think he's one of the first dual-wielding peoples out there. At least in video games, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I'm. People sure have put things in two different hands before him, but in video games, I think that he's one of the first dual-wielders, yes, which yeah. made Max Payne really cool. It feels like playing a John Woo film, because in the John Woo movies, it's very common to see Chow Yun-Fat dual-wield SMGs, um, and like, or like the scene in uh, uh, A Better Tomorrow where he slides down a banister dual-wielding pistols and blasting people who are walking through a doorway. Great scene. Now, with these gameplay additions, they also wanted to make sure they weren't exploited, because obviously if you have bullet time in slow motion, you can just imagine how often you could exploit those if, if not properly implemented. So the team made the abilities resources that could be used up so you would need to do various things to get your resource to be built up and then you could use your slow-mo or your bullet time and i believe the resources was drugs the references to the matrix didn't just stop at bullet time and slow motion they also included some direct references to the movie such as a lobby shootout sequence that is very similar to the lobby shootout sequence that occurs in the movie the matrix the engine for the game max Payne was built from the ground up as the team who was developing it was very familiar with the demo scene so they wanted to do this their own way. They showed a prototype to 3D Realms, and production began with the game getting its funding. For textures, the team wanted to use real-world photos, but this was actually met with resistance by the art team. Despite the resistance, they traveled to New York City with a camera, walked around and got photos of the city and textures that they wanted to use, and they were escorted around by two former NYPD officers who were employed as bodyguards. I really like that they were like, we're going to go get some real-world textures and the team was like no and they're like too bad we are about the tickets to new york peace now the game was still in development throughout 2000 as they continued to work to refine the game's graphics now who would be max Payne? well the decision was to use the writer of the game the guy who's been hanging on somehow became the creative director sam lake he would not only go on to voice max Payne, he was also the face model for max Payne. so if you ever look at max Payne and go that man looks like he is a tortured individual know that sam lake out there is hopefully not as tortured now sam's idea for the story started with the archetype of the private eye but used that as a springboard into what he referred to as a deeper more psychological story now what's cool about max Payne that i always loved when i played it i even as as a kid now is that it's told through a series of graphic novel panels instead of traditional cutscenes. and there's also a narration of max Payne, kind of complaining about his life making the game come off as more uh, neo-noir it's just really cool because this time period that max Payne came out in-game graphics weren't perfect and there was this period of time where you would see really nice sometimes the games would make like movie cutscenes, and then they would revert to the game and the game would be the graphics of the time so it would be kind of jarring because you'd be like this real movie of whatever the situation is 
and then like a polygonal dude with like you know just not that great graphics it's like yeah like a square-headed man square-headed man yeah but max Payne had graphic novel format so it was kind of cool because it kept you into the same mood as the cutscenes Un- unrolled themselves as it were but it didn't necessarily make it like it was more immersive i feel like because you like were reading this graphic novel and then you were kind of almost playing in this graphic novel but the graphics were still in the game they were still realistic it wasn't like cell shaded graphics would be really cool but the game would go on to be released for the pc in 2001 and was later ported to the playstation 2 the xbox the mac os uh and then even the android and the uh game boy advance yeah, the Game Boy Advance version is pretty impressive looking. It takes on kind of an isometric third person view, and you can definitely tell they put a lot of effort to make the game look halfway good. I've never played it, but uh, my understanding is it plays okay. Now, the plot of Max Payne is pretty dense. To kind of sum it up, Max Payne is a former NYPD officer who, while working as a DEA agent, his wife and daughter are murdered by drug users who are high on a new drug called Valkyr. Three years later, Max is is working undercover in and he's in the mob and he's kind of hunting for the people that control Valkyr distribution and that leads him to kind of become in conflict with all these different mob bosses various mob factions and ultimately someone who is known as the witch who is kind of the main antagonist and serves as the main antagonist uh, throughout the first game at the same time a contract killer by the name of Mona Sachs is introduced into the game she is hired to kill Max Payne but per the role of the femme fatale in noir films, her and Max develop a relationship and ultimately she doesn't kill Max Payne because Max Payne lives on to be in two more games after the first one. She's kind of like a uh, Catwoman to Batman. She is kind of like Catwoman to Batman. And she is very much the, the femme fatale, um, which is the trope, as it were, of noir films where you have this woman who is both very beautiful, but also very dangerous. The game itself plays in a third person perspective and as mentioned, features a bullet time and slow motion mechanic another mechanic is the ability to jump while dual wielding pistols and shooting this is exactly as fun as it sounds Uh, a lot of the games at least from my memory from when i played it the opening part really teaches you that what you need to do is you need to go from cover to cover and by doing so you need to fly through the air dual wielding pistols and shooting people (laughs) yeah for some reason in my head i feel like it costs more whatever max Payne uses to fuel his bullet time magic drug energy <laughs> it costs more of that to like slow it down to shoot versus i think you got it for free if you dived yeah i'm pretty sure you do. so then there's like strategies where you just dive around everywhere you don't move any way you don't walk or shoot yeah. anybody you just dive and shoot dive and shoot dive and shoot and i really liked the ability the best part about the diving and shooting is that you where you move your mouse controls where max Payne's body contorts so like if you're diving forward and shooting, he's he's like swan diving forward. But because it's slow motion, you can kind of change. So then if you know people are behind you, he'll like pick up his body and shoot a little bit backwards. He'll like contort his head around to like shoot to the sides. And he's just like moves his arms all in different directions during your uh, slow leap through the air, which is I always loved as he like ragdolls throughout the the 
his journey. My favorite thing about the bullet time function is apparently in the Max Payne manual for the first game. It says, Among the many innovations of this game is bullet time gameplay. It adds an entirely new dimension to action games, the dimension of time itself. We're not going to explain why Max can shift time in his favor. Maybe he enters a state of high concentration, like a fully focused athlete in the zone. And for him, time seems to slow down, with adrenaline pumping through his veins, forcing his body into higher gear. The bottom line is, Max can do it. But even better, in Max Payne 2's manual, it just says, bullet time allows Max to slow down time. So, there is some logic to it. If you've ever been in an experience where you're about to be hit by a car, time will slow down and you'll be able to react quicker. However, you will like not remember what color the car was and stuff like that because your brain has an ability to save your life to like hyper focus into something and you perceive time a little bit differently during this hyper focus moment. And it's a true thing that humans can do because our brains are weird. So maybe it's just that where Max is just experiencing that over and over again. He, he just gets that feeling every time he dodges out of behind a wall. He's just like, ready to go at any point in time he just controls his brain but yeah so it is grounded not in i i I wouldn't say it's necessarily grounded in fact but it is something that our brains um, something similar to it does happen in real life because of our brains being the weird meat sacks they are yeah another interesting thing actually about the game is the game is kind of smart at least the i know the xbox version did this but if you weren't doing very well in the game and you kept doing badly the game would automatically adjust your difficulty for you which a lot of modern games will do that now or at least give you the prompt and max Payne was one of the original games to offer this function which um i think it's pretty innovative i mean that's great that you know it's like hey you're doing really hard at this level <laughs> you know we're just gonna knock you down at difficulties you know and and i just want to say something if you want to play a game on easy just go ahead and do it that's literally the way i've gotten through bioshock is that i put it down onto easy and i was like this game is so much better i won't necessarily go to story mode for some of the games i'll stay generally like medium or easy but if i start playing a game and it starts getting a little too tough easy mode is for me because i don't have time to like spend getting good at these games i just want to experience them games especially games like bioshock or max Payne, where like me getting good at max Payne literally adds nothing of value to anything because it's not like there's max pain competitions i mean what can i i could become a speed runner of max Payne, and that's it like and i could post my score but ultimately getting good at single player games isn't necessarily my prerogative so go out there and play easy mode if you want to anyway how did max Payne do so max Payne sold pretty well on its release in its first month it sold eighty-two thousand copies it became the 19th best-selling computer game in 2001 with 300,782 units sold and a revenue of 13.8 million dollars and by 2006 the pc version had sold 430,000 copies and the PS2 version sold 1.6 million copies. The game also scored very well with uh, 4.5 stars from GamePro, 9.2 out of 10 from GameSpot, 9.5 out of 10 from IGN, and 4 stars from Next Generation. The game won the best PC game of 2001. BAFTA, which is the British Fancy Awards for the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, as well as IGN's Reader Choice Action Game of the Year, 2001 Reader's Choice Best Story, Best Graphics, and Best Sound, all for IGN. People liked Max Payne, which is why, Zach, 
Were there any others? There was a sequel, Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne, which was released in 2003, and a third game, Max Payne 3, which was released in 2012. Both games, from what I can tell, scored fairly well. I think people disliked Max Payne 3 the most, but liked them all. But even, like, disliking it the most was, like, it got, like, a 7 out of 10 instead of a 9 out of 10 sort of deal. Um, And a remake of the first game is currently in the works, last time I heard. I was looking at something where somebody posted a bunch of photos of all the stuff getting remaked, and they said that the remake again is coming. Yeah. And I think all Max Payne's are getting remastered. I always hoped that Max Payne 2 The Fall of Max Payne was just him falling in bullet time. It's the just entire the entire time. game. Yeah. Yeah. He like, trips on like a really high skyscraper and then fully falls. Is a, that's The Fall of Max Payne. Perfect. Now in 2008, between the release of Max Payne 2 and Max Payne 3, a film adaptation called Max Payne was released. Directed by John Moore, who was also the director of the pretty bad remake of The Omen that came out in 2006. Max Payne stars Mark Wahlberg as the titular Max Payne and also stars Mila Kunis, who was fresh off of her role in That 70s Show and Family Guy, um, who played Mona Sachs, the Russian-American contract killer. The movie did really bad. Uh, It scored uh, 15% on Rotten Tomato, and Mark Wahlberg was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor, but lost to Mike Myers for his role in The Love Guru, which I think is the movie that killed Mike Myers' career for like 15 years. I really think that we should watch this. Uh, maybe even watch it during Extra Life somehow. Oh, we have to have a bad movie night where we watch. We're gonna watch Max Payne, Angel's Heart, and what was the other movie the that Wizard. we need to watch? The Wizard. I thought The Wizard's a good movie. It is a good movie, but we should still watch it. I feel like a double feature of Max Payne and Angel Heart. What other better combination of two noir guys of Max Payne and Gabriel Knight? We should do a classic movie brothers like one or two episodes where we just cover a couple of bad video game movie adaptations we could do that we could do that now that will do it for our max Payne episode we're gonna get into our retro rewind seth had me play biker mice from mars a 1994 konami game based on the hit television series of the same name biker mice from mars is a game where you play as biker mice who are in fact from mars in the game you race against other racers in an isometric style perspective of game actually gave me a bit of a rc pro-am vibe um, specifically the way that the map just kind of looks like the very specific style of isometric that they use just reminds me of rc pro-am i prefer for RC Pro-Am, but Biker Mice from Mars was not a bad game. The game has some neat elements. Each racer has different abilities and unique weapons. I picked Throttle. Throttle was the most rounded of the racers. Uh, He's also the first racer that showed up, and I was like, pick a number one. I still ended up coming in dead last because I didn't realize that the controls would invert when you change directions. So, like, the first turn you take, you go from going right to facing downward, and then the controls slightly invert, and I got a little confused. But once I figured that out, it was a good time. I had had a good time playing the game. It's a Konami game, so the visuals and music are absolutely astounding. And there is some, like, digital voice samples. Um, Not a ton. And apparently, the game was originally critiqued back in 1994 for not having enough digital voice samples. Overall, it does hold up, but I prefer RC Pro-Am. Next week, Seth, you can play Animaniacs for the Super Nintendo. Oh, fun. Zach had me play Wario Land Super Mario Land 3, uh, which is always just fun to say. It was released for the 
the Game Boy in 1994 and was developed and published by Nintendo. In the game, you play as the titular antagonist, Wario, and you are going through a 2D side-scrolling adventure. You have to go through the levels and collect coins, and the more coins you get, the better ending of the game you have. So you get to have your castle at the end, and depending on how many coins you gather through the game, uh, depends on makes the different castle. And the game will even tell you, try harder if you don't get enough coins. And in order to progress through each of the levels, you need to get at least 10 coins to make one big gold coin so your pirate mole friend can open the door for you. The game also has a couple of transformation abilities in the game. Uh, kind of like how Mario can get a flower or a frog costume. Uh, Wario could get a bull costume, which made it easier to destroy things and make shockwaves. A uh, dragon costume, which kind of looked like a crocodile, which can shoot fire. And a jet Wario, which is just like a plane on his head that allows him to fly. Well, uh, fall slowly. If he gets... Falling if he with gets style. <laughs> falling with style. If he gets hurt at any point in time, he becomes small Wario, which is annoying. And more annoying than Mario because Wario is not able to jump on things to kill them. He can only make them go upside down. He has to run into them and preferably not run into their spiky bits in order to kill them and get the coin. Small Wario can't do that. He can't run into people to kill them. Uh, so it stinks. Anyway, the game plays slower than Mario, uh, partly because you can't do the jumping on the enemies to blow through them. And you have to kind of think through using your abilities to get through the puzzle and trying to find all the coins. You're missing coins. The end, you literally can't go to the end. Like Mario, you could just cross the finish. Not You know, in those in the 2D side-scrolling Marios, you just have to get to the end. Uh, Wario, you have to find coins before you get to the end. Overall, it's a pretty fun game. It would be good if you have a Game Boy and to play your uh, long car ride or definitely should put it in with your ROM collection if you're looking to have something portable to play. Uh, next week, Zach, you can play Contra 3, uh, The Alien Wars for the SNES. I will. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us. And if anyone has any memories of Max Payne or uh, if you're Mark Wahlberg and you want to come on the show and talk to us about how much you love Max Payne, uh, feel free to email us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. Also, you can reach out to us via our Facebook classic gaming brothers instagram classic gaming brothers or twitter cg brothers pod we are available on all the podcasting applications out there so be sure to follow us give us likes subscribes subscribe to us do all those things uh we're on podbean stitcher iHeartRadio, all those things that being said seth do you have anything you want to contribute don't play games like my brother and don't play games like my brother i've been seth and i've been zach and we've been the classic gaming brothers that's, that's right, right.